the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Mellington, and today I'm joined with co-host Ben Hucker. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Jess. How are you going? I'm good. Good to be here today. It's, it's um, been a long weekend. It has been. been. a tense weekend, but I can see a big smile on your face. Why is that big smile on uh, your face? Yeah, the Tigers got up over the weekend, which was good. You so, don't need to be reminded of that, so let's get oh, on with the podcast. <laughs> No, so we're gonna, no, it's a good um, win for the Tigers, so it's good to see. Yeah, I'll was. let you get on with it now. Alright, so we're going to um, launch into episode number nine for season two. And today we're joined with um, our guest from Ashmore Arts, Brittany March from March Creative. Welcome, Brittany. Hey, how are you going? Good, good to have you here. Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners about your what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a fine art artist. I also do graphic design and illustrative projects. Cool, that's awesome. Very cool. I saw a, a picture on your social feed a few months ago, and actually, big shout out to Tal Lemons actually from episode two for introducing us to you. Or yeah. Just referring us to you. He's been raving about you for a couple of months to get you on the podcast, so it's good to actually sit down and have a chat with you today. And we, I did see a picture on your social feed. So one of your illustrations was a great white shark and actually uh, yep, yep. looking at it was quite terrifying because <laughs> being a regular surfer you don't like to think about those things in the ocean but just an incredible drawing so great to have you on the podcast today. So cool, thanks. maybe we can start with the story behind the great white and your passion for wildlife, nature. Yeah, so I guess as uh, a surfer and someone who enters the ocean all the time and being from South Australia, the Great White's kind of a an mm. iconic creature down there, and um, lots of Great Whites in South Australia. Yeah, so. it's actually part of the reason why I decided to move <laughs> really? further oh, really? up the coast. Yeah, to Dead part. yeah for All sure. Right. Like every time you enter the water down there, it's always you know you Back just mind. well you just you know that they're there all the time. Whereas here, you know, I'm confident to surf on my own. I don't really think about it, but I wouldn't go to some spots down there and surf my own for sure. Yeah, they're everywhere. It's sort of Port Augusta and Port Lincoln and... Oh, Port Lincoln is just... I, I don't even want to think about really? getting really? in the water down there for sure. I know a lot of people do, but that's just not really my bag. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and some of those bigger spots along the Great Australian Bight too. It's yeah, really isolated. Just with and sort of great whites, aren't they? Yeah, but at the same time also teeming with ocean life, which is yeah pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously a water person grew up on the coast in South Australia? Yeah, so I grew up um, sort of all along the coast uh, throughout my time there and um, yeah, eventually just moved up here. Yeah, cool. So how long have you been on the surf coast now? Uh, probably about four years or so, I think now. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. And you've been based here at Ashmore Arts for how long? Uh, not too long, probably maybe a few months, sort of actually around when COVID hit, we kind of yeah, ended up um, yeah coming into a studio, which is at a time where everyone else was kind of locked down. We ended up moving out of our out. yeah <laughs> working from home and into a studio, so that was a little bit different, but it's been nice. Yeah, cool. We should mention that we are at the Ashmore Arts Precincts, and I see actually Nat Martin walking past. Yep, there she <laughs> right on cue. Who we interviewed episode one, and also Dave Graham yeah, just over yep. the over the block here. Yep. Uh, we interviewed for episode five, five so season one. Uh, the the blacksmith maestro, so mm, yep. loving it here in this little community in, Ash, in the Ashmore Arts Precinct. 
Yeah, and it does really feel like a community. Like we just seen Nat walk past, and Dave often stops in for a coffee, and oh, yeah, yeah I work alongside uh, Jess, who does the beer and wine labels most days, and Maria's yeah. got her uh, metal work down there as well. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a little community. I remember talking to Nat, and it was quite a quite a large application process to get through and get a studio in the Ashmore Arts Precinct. Do you want to take just for a budding artists out there that might want a space to be a part of what's what's sort of what do you have to go through to get into a studio out here in the Ashmore Arts Precinct? Um, well, it is sort of a long process, and there is uh, a long waiting list. But um, yeah, it's definitely worth if you can, you know, be part of this community. I think it's worth giving it a go. Yeah, for sure. It seems to be like a great. I mean, I remember Nat talking about morning tea um, back on episode two, so episode one. So have you got Tans Gons coming out this morning? Um, we do have a bit of a tradition, especially on days we have meetings. We have uh, scones from Baker's Delight. That's like our little guilty thing to sort of, yeah, if we have to sit here and be in a meeting, we're going to at least have some scones. Of, <laughs> scones and coffee. Yeah. Uh, very nice. So yeah. going back to South Australia and your childhood in South Australia, did you always have a passion for design, illustration, drawing? Were you the kid in the back of the class? Oh, definitely. Drawing in the, in the back of the sketchbook. Yeah, I actually found um, some of my old school books the other day and looked in my math book and it was like literally just illustrations the whole thing. <laughs> wow. In your math book? Yeah, no, no math in that, so obviously <laughs> I didn't do particularly well in well, that class. Well, there's a bit of ge geometry, so... Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely it was always drawing as a kid and um, yeah, I was probably that weird little kid off collecting bugs and like hanging out on their own and drawing things and... Um, yeah, living by the beach, that was sort of our playground and off most days uh, on my own, just sort of exploring and come home at night time. It's pretty, we had a good way of life, I think. Yeah, and did you come from a creative family or um, in terms of mum and dad and the rest? Somewhat, like my dad's quite talented, um, he's quite a talented artist, but he never really pursued it. And um, my mum's not particularly creative, but she's always been really supportive. And I think both of them have been quite supportive of, um, yeah, any creative endeavours or any business endeavours. They've always encouraged me. So yeah. Yeah. I think perhaps if I'd been brought up in a family where that was sort of, you know, you're never going to make any money as an artist or a creative, that could have been stamped out. But yeah. Yeah. Was that the lucky. case for your dad? Is that why he didn't sort of pursue it as a... Um, well, he grew up on Kangaroo Island, so that's... Oh, yeah. Not sure if you know where that is, but... Yeah. Yeah, just a little island off um, the south coast of Australia, so yeah. not a lot of work opportunities there. I think he sort of just took whatever he could get, mm -hmm. um, and part of the reason why they moved up to the mainland. I do remember a family holiday to Kangaroo Island when I was about 13 years old, so... Actually, yeah. it was a holiday to Victor Harbour. So Victor Harbour's okay. just north, isn't it? Yeah, well, Victor Harbour's on the mainland. Like, yep. if you crossed on the ferry... Did you go across on a ferry? Or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, Kangaroo Island wants you. Yeah, it's a magnificent place and obviously um, heavily impacted by the bushfires a couple yeah. of years ago. So yeah, Do you get back... Last year, was it? Last year? Yeah, it was. I remember that big resort that was burnt out. Saw photos that looked mm. devastating for the... Mm. The, uh, the natural wildlife and all the rest. Do you get back to South Australia? Are your parents still there? Yeah, I do like to go back. Um, obviously, at the moment, we can't, which is a bit of a shame, and they're yeah. hoping to get up here as well. Um, but, yeah, I do like to get back when I can. I think it's a, a nice place to visit. Yep. Um, but having grown up there, I've sort of 
you know, ready to see more of the world and meet new people. Yeah. Do you yeah. go do you go surfing when you go home? Or you stay um, up? I do when I go with friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, but yeah, like I said before, I'm definitely more comfortable surfing around here than I am down there. Yeah, it's not it's, I don't think you, you get the great whites down this way, do you? Like the I mean we probably do migrating through, but I don't mm. think they stop and hang out. It's a little bit too shallow in comparison to WA and South Australia and the Great Ocean. Yeah. Great Australian bite where the shelf kind of just drops off. Yeah. Whereas in Victoria it kind of... Well that's it, the continental shelf around there, they've got all that sea life and Mm. good food, so (laughs) probably hanging around. Yeah, we only get the little sharks around here. Yeah, yeah. There was a shark at Bells. Uh, what was that a couple of months ago? Yeah, that was that was odd actually. Yeah, that's that's so rare. Yeah. Like I looked up, actually looked up some news articles after that and tried to find the last. Like there's never ever been an attack there, so. Yeah. Hopefully that's the first and the last. So. Yeah, well, it was a thrasher shark, wasn't it? Yeah. Which yep. is even more odd. Yeah, poor little yeah. French tourist. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> came to surf and got bitten. Yeah, so. that's unfortunate. Thankfully not fatal. Fatal. So. Yeah, growing up in South Australia, did you go travelling overseas or did you yeah, actually get yeah. into your studies and all the rest? But um, Sort of a bit of both. I um, studied as soon as I finished school, so yeah. I studied uh, visual communication at uni and as soon as I finished I just wanted to travel, so probably spent the next maybe four, five years even travelling. Um, oh really? Yeah. So that's a good scent. Yeah, so um, part of the reason I wanted to study something um, that I could do online, like graphic design, you can do that anywhere, provided you have your laptop. So that was yeah. sort of, um, yeah, an incentive to study that as well. And just did some work overseas and dotted around and explored and surfed yeah. and lived. And Where did you go on your travels? Um, this is always a tricky question because I often forget a lot of the places. <laughs> but, All um, turns into one. Yeah, uh, I went to, um, Vanuatu and Sri Lanka, a bit of UK for a while, um, Brazil where my partner's from, um, all over really, yeah. What's your partner's name? Uh, Thor. Thor, yeah. that's a cool name. Yeah, Big is. shout out to Thor. Yeah, no one ever forgets Thor's name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not at all. So Thor, Brazilian, did you bring him back to Australia? Yeah, immediately? he is. Yeah, yeah, well we met in New Zealand actually and oh, right. um, yeah, I think I was there for maybe a year. New Zealand and met Thor and then we went to um, Brazil and stayed there for a few months with his family and now he's living down here for the last uh, couple of years I think. Oh cool, is he yeah. a surfer, creative soul as well? Yeah, he's definitely into his surfing and um, his musical so. I imagine yeah. he's a pretty good surfer being Brazilian? Yeah he is, yeah. That's like a gross stereotype but I'm sure people <laughs> yeah. say the same about Aussies. Well actually... Aussies Australian, he must be a good surfer. Yeah, well where, where he's from, um, the waves are kind of similar to some of the waves around here that's kind of, you know, a little bit not always perfect. So they yeah. actually grew up being able to read the water really well and when they get yeah. to come down to Australia and we have these sort of long open lines, like they just, yeah, really yeah. show awesome. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. So you went travelling and basically did your degree in visual arts while you were studying and finished that while you were travelling as well? Oh, I finished um, my degree and then I and left and went travelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, you, so you, did you pick up some work as a freelance graphic designer? Yeah, pretty much everywhere we went I was able to pick up some work and actually I think it worked out 
quite well because I was sort of pushed into situations where you meet people you otherwise wouldn't have met. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a few of the um, business contacts have now become good friends. And um, yeah, we visit each other in our home countries. And yeah, it's been really nice. Was that a full on schedule? in terms of work or was it kind of uh, a project here and there to sort of get you by to the next y- country? Yeah, it was definitely more of like little bits and pieces so I could keep on travelling. I was definitely doing more travelling than working, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. And were they Aussie clients? Um, all over the world, really. Yep. Yeah. Just keen to hear because I know a lot of people just want to live the dream. Yeah. We can't at the moment, but mm. it's a big goal for a lot of people to be able to travel and work and make some money mm. and yeah. see different continents at the same time. So. Yeah. But I know it gets hectic when you're going into really expensive places like Canada and old people coming to Australia find it quite expensive. But mm. Southeast Asia and the rest, I mean, you can get by on a couple of projects a year. Well, that's the thing. Like, it was actually cheaper for me to be overseas and earning a living online and then sort of paying nothing for my living expenses compared yeah. to what I would pay in Australia. It actually, yeah, it was fine. It was that's easy kind to of, do. Yeah, that's what do they call it. Um, Geographic arbitrage or something. I think Tim Ferriss called that, called it that in his book, The Four Hour Workweek. Have you read that? Ah, oh, it's actually on my list. Yep. Um, yeah. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, it's come up with quite a few guests. So. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people find the same thing. It's um, you know, you can pay 450 bucks rent a week in Melbourne with your partner, or 450-500, or you can go travel, stay in hostels and backpackers, which are amazing, by the way. It's not you know straw huts. It's. Yeah. Pretty world-class backpackers, mm. cheap internet, and there you go. You've got clients, and you can do some work. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Is that when um, March Creative started? When did you start? That? Yeah. So I sort of um, dabbled just working overseas uh, as soon as I left uni. But I'd say I kind of applied myself to my business uh, full time over the last year. Yeah. Um, and pretty much since I've been based um, in Victoria, it's really that's where I've you know gone to sort of settle down and thought, no, I've got to make a, a good go at this. Yeah. So, uh, so you had a bit of time back in South Australia after your travels? Um, yeah, a little bit of time. I think um, I only just got back from Brazil when I was there for about a month and then uh, I came up here and thought, oh, I've got to find somewhere to live now yeah. and um, something to do. So yeah, I wasn't really there for that long actually so when I got back. Packed the van, have you got a van? Uh, yeah, I've got a actually newer van now. The old one had a bit of a rusty floor and it was a bit like a Flintstones car. <laughs> right. uh, you can see the road while you're driving, so I had to get rid of that one. But um, it yeah, took it us... It sounds a little bit slightly dangerous. Oh, but... it was definitely a death trap. We had to get rid of it. Um, but yeah, it took us all around Australia um, a couple of times miraculously. I'm not sure how it made it, but it did. Crossed the Nullarbor twice. So what sort of van are you driving now? Uh, it's actually a Nissan Elgram, which for anyone who knows what that is, oh, yeah. it's kind of a weird looking car. Yeah, yeah. but um, it does the trick and yeah, gets me around. I think we've got a few van lifers that tune into the podcast. Yeah. We had um, Built for Adventure uh, on season one of the podcast too, very popular episode. So yeah. is that um, part of the future ambitions to go travelling in the van once restrictions ease up a little bit? Uh, potentially. I'm pretty keen to get overseas actually. and um, Yeah. We sort of, I think we lived in the van for almost a year or, or so, maybe oh, a little cool. bit more. So I feel like I've kind of, you know, seen a lot seen of it, it yeah. Australia. But yeah, I can't wait for the borders and restrictions to open up and then we can all go overseas again. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah it's going to be... A long time, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be amazing when it happens. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
yeah, Dan Andrews is holding back on restrictions again, so yeah, which must be unbelievably frustrating for small businesses and the rest in Melbourne. So, mm, but yeah, for sure, got to do the right thing. I don't think we've had it as bad on the surf coast and regional Victoria in terms of restrictions and lockdowns and things. At least we get to go and surf. So that's true. Yeah, and get out in the open waters, which is really good. So yeah. you mentioned the word business before. So he's You've only just started settling the last 12 months into your business. So prior to that, did you see it? So you got your graphic design side of things where mm. you make money, earn an income. Do you yep. see your art and illustration side as a business or? Oh, definitely. i say probably the design uh, services and client work makes up maybe 50% of what I do. And the other stuff is um, illustrated projects that I produce myself and that's either like on wall art or homewares, and then um, the fine art makes up the rest of it. So mm-hmm. collectively, it's a full-time um, gig. And what's the, the dream goal for you? Is it full-time just doing artworks and commission, or uh, I do you enjoy the graphic design side of it as well? Yeah, I enjoy both, um, sort of all aspects of it for different reasons. Like the design is really strategic, and I love um, all that thinking and um, planning that goes behind that, whereas um, you know the art stuff, I get to work with my hands and you know I use charcoal and organic materials, so that's really fun to move away from the screen and you know work with my hands again. Mm-hmm. I did say that on your website that you enjoy working on the physical products rather than the, the digital realm. So yeah, obviously yep. a big part of your passion. And you just mentioned charcoal, so that great white, the picture of the great white. Yeah. Actually, if you look at Brit's social feed on Instagram, it's at Brittany March, is that right? Art by Brittany March. Art by Brittany March. Yeah. You'll be able to see the great white. And is there a picture of a blue whale as well? Uh, there's a humpback whale. Humpback there's a couple whale. of humpback whales, and one that's um, actually just finished it the other day. So um, that's getting reproduced for a few uh, runs of um, fine art prints. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And they were done. So you like to use charcoal. Yeah, um, I was sort of started in graphite and now I'm kind of more solely into charcoal. Just quite a fun medium to use and you can do some funky things with it. So if you mess it up, is it easy to get uh, the eraser out? And it depends. And the way that I work, like that one there that's um, sort of isolated on a white background, if I do smudge something, it's pretty hard to get that off. Yeah. Um, so I often work... Um, yeah, with like little bits of paper, so I'm not leaning or smudging and what yeah. have it up on the easel. I was going to say, it's immaculate, like the white space around that yeah. great white, so it's an awesome drawing. Um, Jess has got a few questions about your daily, daily life and daily habits. Yeah, so um, what's a typical day look like for you um, in terms of like in the Ashmore Arts? Um, if we can cover that and then maybe what it looked like when you were travelling? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ashmore, it's sort of very depending on what client work comes through and, um, you know, if there's waves, I might be a little bit cheeky and <laughs> take the morning off. So um, I am trying to work more sort of, yeah, getting into that nine to five yeah. hour. But, um, yeah, I think I'm definitely more in tune to the earth clock. So if yeah. there's, you know, nice nice waves or it's a good day, I'm going to go enjoy that and then I'll come to work and maybe yeah. work a little bit later and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And what about um, when you're travelling in the, like, say, going around Australia, were you working as well? Or? Yeah, mostly just on my laptop. So it was all sort of digital projects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you can just pick up and take that anywhere. 
that's cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any apps that you use to manage your business? Or yeah, I have um, my big digital calendar, which is has all my projects laid out and um, yeah, all my timing. So I need to be quite thorough with that stuff because. I probably have a bit of a, a sieve memory, so mm-hmm. I need stuff written down and planned out and, um, yeah, just scheduling breaks and stuff and, yeah. yeah. What's the app that you use for that? Uh, it's called Team Up. Team Up? Yeah, it's um, it's yeah. just an online calendar, which is quite handy, but there's also, also things like Asana and Trello that we use in here as well. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty of good um, sort of scheduling apps that are free and, yeah, um, yeah you don't need to spend a fortune to... Yeah. Organized. Well, there's so many out there, isn't there? I've used Trello before. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Use Basically, just a virtual sort of posty note, hmm. sticky note. Yeah. Um, software, isn't it? So. It's good for good. collaborating. Yeah, team mm. up. I haven't heard of before, so let's yeah. check that out and put it in the notes, Jess. Mm. Yep. And just covering health and fitness, like um, obviously surfing is important to you, but mm. do you do anything else to clear the mind or? get out there and stay fit yeah definitely like um if it's a windy day like today i probably won't be surfing but just going for a nice long run on the beach so that's really helpful and anything that involves getting in the water like just the other day i had quite a busy day and i was stressed and as soon as i put my head under the water i came up and stress is gone yeah <laughs> so yeah definitely anything around the water that's yep. yeah 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 there's a lot to be said for the ocean. I think that comes up a lot, actually, with a lot of our guests. It just reminded me of Nat Martin. Hmm. He uses the ocean to zone out and move into a different world and de-stress. So yeah. Yeah. it's such a therapeutic thing because mm. Mother Nature doesn't care. Like, the ocean doesn't care who exactly. you are. So. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially on a big day of surf. So what sort of um, surfing do you do? Is it longboard, shortboard? Um, just depends on the waves. Yeah, it depends on the wave. Probably um, anything from like shortboard to longboard, you know, one fin, two fin, three, whatever. Um, but yeah, I like to sort of have a bit of variety in my quiver. Yeah. And I like to surf the same wave all the time and on the same board. I think that gets a little bit um, predictable. So yeah. Yeah. How long have you been surfing? Uh, I think four or five years now. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't grow up surfing, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I guess just through travel and. Yeah. Um, moving around the coast, there's lots of opportunities to find waves around. Yeah, and we addicted from the start, like. Oh, definitely. I, yeah. Oh, I need to be. I wish I was one of those people. I am, but <laughs> when the warmers, when the weather's a bit warmer, I'm like, okay, I'll go for a surf. But when Ben's out there, I'm like, six degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you don't even notice the cold once you once you get going. Like middle of winter, it can be cold. horrible getting into a wetsuit. But once you're in there. Yeah. I okay. still get cold, if it, especially <laughs> if it's like a little bit of south wind and it's, you know, it might be a sunrise session or something and you've yeah. got everything you could possibly put yeah. on, but <laughs> you still get a little bit cold. And you're crashing into the water sometimes and your head's just like spinning. Yeah, at least you wake up head. though in the morning, like yeah. nothing jolts you awake quicker than yeah, that's true. sticking your head under the water. That's yeah. a good cure for a hangover actually. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. So... Obviously surfed, you mentioned running, are you big on running or you just go for, you know, the, the short uh, jog? Just for, just for my own sort of like fitness, I'm not, you know, tracking no, my time or trail anything. Runner, ultra marathon runner, things no, like that. No, I mean, I do enjoy running long distance, yep. um, but it's definitely not something that um, I want to do, you know, to measure my ability or anything. It's yeah. just, yeah, to get fit and 
yeah. enjoy being outside. Just to zone out? Yeah, yeah. And kind of secondary to surfing in the wind and conditions. So. Yeah, it's good to keep the cardio up as well, I think. Yeah, definitely, especially for surfing. Yeah. Um, just the bad days. Um, all had the bad days. Yeah, so do you have a, a method or is there like a time when you've had a really, um, had a really off day? that you had to like pull yourself out and like do you ever feel like packing it in just like giving up on yeah I definitely have my off days and days where things are really tricky um but I've never really felt that uh you know I'd pack it in and give it up Mm -hmm. I feel like I've worked really hard to get even where I am now and um giving up is certainly not an option yeah yeah they built up a fair bit of resilience. Has that been a part of your character from day one? I think Since so. Since you were a kid? Yeah, I think um, I've always been determined to sort of make something of myself on my own. And um, yeah, I, I do think I'm quite ambitious and, and probably driven as well. Yep. Is yep. that spurred on by uh, not only yourself, but your family and friends? And do you have siblings that are quite driven? Or Yeah, my brother's really driven, but in a completely different way. Uh, way that I am and um, but my nan was probably a good source of inspiration I think in terms of your nan yeah um, in terms of being a business owner like she started her business when you know women are expected to be little house mouses and do the chores and um, yeah she built a really successful business and um, and also in like a male dominated field as well so yeah she's definitely someone that I look to. What was she doing? What was her business? Um, Boating. She actually um, started the ferry service from Kangaroo Island to Adelaide. Yeah. I would have been on one of her ferries. Yep. Back in the day. That's so cool. Yeah. Has she still got that business or? No it's been sold sold and and she's passed away and stuff so um, but yeah she's definitely still someone that I look to and yeah in terms of yeah being business savvy. So you just had that attitude of getting it done and yeah, yeah. probably had her own boat and said, yeah, come well, on in. From all accounts, she was um, yeah, often out there pulling in the ropes with the crew and stuff and would work really hard herself, but you know, would pay the crew above the award wage and like, she worked really hard. So I think people you know, were happy to work really hard for her and that's some, you know, yeah. something that I look towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Did that rub off on your, is that your mat? Dad's mum or your mum's uh, mum? Dad's mum, yeah. Dad's mum. Did you rub it off on your dad? Entrepreneurial sort of creative stuff? I think so, but I think he was sort of... Um, I mean, he had kids, so I guess he didn't have opportunities to take, you know, the risks that uh, myself and probably my brother take now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And probably a good lady. And actually, you talked about being inspired by your nan. So who inspires you? aside from your nan in life and business as well? Um, Well, probably a lot of the crew around here actually, like working from Ashmore, there's, you know, you just go for a walk and there's people making all different kinds of things and, um, you know, Tal's another one that uh, we met at the Ocean Grind market and he's become a friend now and, um, yeah, just just being absorbed in this sort of creative atmosphere, I think it definitely rubs off on you. Yeah, we interviewed Mark Clatworthy too, the owner of Ocean Grind for episode three, season two. So, episode four. Just as all over it. (laughs) Yeah, we interviewed Mark as well. And yeah, he said that was a big part of creating that um, that space for you guys. So, he does a, just for our listeners that might be tuning in for the first time, do you want to go through exactly what they do? It's kind of a 
a one-off gallery space that they do, I think it was September last year, was it? Yeah, we sort of almost created like another little creative hub where people can come and connect and showcase their work. Yep. Um, but yeah, we've definitely made lots of contacts through there, like either work contacts or new friends, and he's really, yeah, essentially made like another little hub. Yeah, and it's quite special. Yeah, it led to a connection with a guy like Tal, so yeah, which is yep. brilliant. And I know Tal sold a lot of artwork um, during that opening, and mm. probably gave him the confidence to set up his website and all the rest. I think he had it set up anyway, but yeah, definitely put his profile out there and yours as well. So yeah, is it? Do you get to the point where you sell a lot of artwork? Or is it more about making connections with an event like that? I think it was actually a really good indication for me that my work did sell. I was kind of, you know, the first market that I'd done and first time I was really putting my work out there. So I was a a bit apprehensive. And I think Mm -hmm. actually one of the first customers came by and picked up one of my products and was like, ooh, too expensive. And I had this thought like, oh, no, like I've I've done something. Directly in front of you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So that was the first customer, like first market. But after that, it was all like, positive feedback and oh, stuff was flying out the door so that really gave me a good sort of incentive to oh really yeah it's so actually flying out the door cards yeah. on fpos and yeah i was really surprised and really yeah pleasantly surprised so yeah, yeah it's great to hear so we've got the ashmore arts precinct um yeah the gallery one off we've got the surf coast arts trail that happens in winter it happened virtually this year yeah in a perfect world what would you like to see more of in a place like the surf coast in terms of collaboration and you know well i think this probably the most collaborative community that i've ever been a part of i think we're all doing you know that there's a, a huge art scene here and i think you know we're all connecting mm-hmm. yeah it's part of the reason why we did the podcast because it's you know we can't run out of guests ever i don't think yeah. like there's yeah. just so many and you know we thought about all the people that are doing stuff a lot of people doing full-time like yourself working on their craft and then a lot of people got these little hobbies and side yeah. interests as well it seems to be every second person it just attracts that sort of person to the surf coast i think yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because a lot of people either have a side hustle or something going on creatively yeah, yeah it's just never ending i think so i mean we've only done what we're up to episode nine season two so 19 episodes with guests so I haven't even scratched the surface, I don't no. think. So can't wait to rip into season three, summer edition for the Surf Coast Creative <laughs> Podcast as well. So, but yeah, there's just it's just endless, it seems. And seems to be the type of person that's not too concerned with the big career in the city. Um, probably as well coming from regional Victoria, which may lack some of this sort of creative vibe and some of the facilities that we have here on the Surf Coast. So very lucky. And I think um, owing a lot to Quicksilver Rip Curl and their legacy as well. So it's been, it's a good place to live, basically. Yeah, so definitely. I should get a I job at so. the tourism <laughs> council. <I think> so. <laughs> but yeah, so. Can I just ask um, about, sorry about your piece up here. I yeah, just want yeah. to know, do you do a lot of diving or like how do you know do you just draw from a picture you've seen of a shark or that's just yeah i do have a few good friends who shoot some really nice underwater photography um but i have recently just bought myself a lens for my camera that's been sitting in the back cupboard for i don't know how long um and i'm yeah on the way to getting a a water housing so um that'd be a fun new project yeah yeah You've got, okay. got a dome port or something? Or you haven't got the water housing yet? Not yet. Yeah. It's actually going to be kind of like a, 
all the photographers out here are probably going to freak when they hear this, but it's only like 200 bucks off eBay. So hey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably going to... Tell Levins is not going to be happy. Yeah, no, he probably won't be impressed, but... Um, Especially I've, after he spent three grand on his water housing. Yeah, so. they're often more expensive than the camera, and that's the thing, yeah. like, my camera's, you know, not fantastic, and I'm not going to spend a fortune on it, but, um, yeah, I'll probably do some extra waterproofing myself once I get it, because I'm sure the, <laughs> the e eBay plastic housing <laughs> probably not going to last particularly long. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've just bought a water housing for my camera. Actually, got it through Tal's friend, Jonty Lang, who's a photographer, surf photographer out of Bowen Heads, Ocean Grove. And big shout out to Jonty, actually. Check his profile out. It does some amazing ocean photography in addition to Tal. But yeah, they're not they're not cheap, No. these water housings. So even I paid up a little bit for that. And mm. But that's, I actually got it half price compared to what you can pay. So Yeah. So yeah, it's a good start. Yeah. The yeah. plastic housing. So. Yeah, good enough. So here you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what um, sort of camera? Uh, I think it's a Sony A7. So it's actually oh, quite small good. and like it's really handy for travel. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll see how I go. Yeah. Um, I'm actually also chatting to uh, Wildlife Exposure, and they have some cool little critters that I'm going to go photograph as well yeah. and, and yeah. draw oh, some very of them. Nice. Yeah. That's another guest on our podcast. That's yeah. all just <laughs> full circle here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, the what was the owls were amazing. The, um, I think this is a wildlife exposure. Yeah, Alba and Jessie, I think it was Jessica. Jessica and Alba. They were really cool. Maybe. Yeah, he's got all sorts of little creatures. But do you like creatures. underwater, or is it, is it all sea life that you like to um, illustrate? Or yeah, I probably have the strongest connection to sea life, but I also really fascinated by. Um, a lot of the animals around here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working on some magpies at the moment, which oh, I think, nice. yeah, a lot of people have some kind of connection to magpies, yeah. whether that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, any kind of uh, wildlife or natural, sort of the natural world, just, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. passionate about that. Yeah, if you're a hardcore footy supporter, then it's usually a bad connotation, but okay, <laughs> yeah, all been swooped, but <laughs> yeah. they are a great creature. I think I saw a picture of one on your social feed. Oh, yeah. Have you put one up recently? Um, yeah, that's the charcoal one I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sort of got inspiration for that. Um, it's almost getting up to the to the right time. Um, we have magpies that bring their fledglings to our house every season. And, um, yeah, if you leave the doors open, they'll come inside the house and oh, eat wow. the dog food. And, oh. yeah, if you ignore them for too long, they'll be knocking on the window, which yeah. is quite cute. <laughs> Um, actually yeah. know you're there. So yeah, come yeah. And feed me. Yeah, one day I was in my bedroom and I didn't get out to feed it and it was knocking on the the kitchen door and then it moved down to my bedroom window and was knocking on the window because <laughs> it saw me in there. Like, All right, get out and feed you. Hey, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite bossy. Yeah, yeah. Do you live in sort of residential Torquay, Janjak? Oh no, you live down the coast, don't you? So. Yeah, sort of. I uh, live in between Torquay and um, Barwon Heads. Yep. Um, in a little town, so it's probably about 100 or so people that live there, and uh -huh. it's, yeah, quite, um, not quite rural, I'd say it's probably coastal, we're all sort of dotted in between the sand dunes. Yeah, it's a magnificent area around there. Yeah. The, the surf is rubbish, we must point out. Yeah, yeah. Don't go there for surf. Yeah. Go to 13th for possums. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> so we um, asked this question to um, all the guests, um, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, do you think create creativity is a matter of like nature or nurture? So do you think you're born with it or you 
can work on it and it'll Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I can probably only speak for myself, but I'd say it's probably a mixture of both. Yep. Like I know I did grow up um, immediately sort of being creative, but um, like I said before, if I'd probably had you know no support in that and if that had been stamped out, maybe I wouldn't have pursued it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be a fairly typical answer this season. A lot of people said one or the other last season, but a lot of people saying both this year. Mm, but yeah, I agree. So it yeah. kind of uh, definitely has to be nurtured. Yeah, you kind of sure. need that support and that environment. Yeah. Otherwise, it can be kind of kind of stamped out, especially yeah. as you become a, an adult and yeah. start paying the bills and doing all that responsible stuff. So. Yeah, I guess that's another bonus of being surrounded by all these people who are making and sort of living their dream of pursuing their passion. It sort of rubs yeah. off on you as well. Yeah, a daily reminder that yeah it can be done. Yeah. That person, that person, that person are all doing you know, living the dream. So, yeah. Actually, touching on inspiration and community and all the rest, do you find social media is a big part of that? Do you like social media? Um, I do and I don't. Um, I like it because it is another platform to showcase yourself. And I've actually met people who are now friends of social media, like other artists have, um, you know, seen their work on Instagram and then I've later seen them out um, in the water and like, oh, hey, you know that artist I met on Instagram or whatever and we've become friends. So that's, yeah, um, yeah that's, you know, a positive aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, it is another job to do after you've done all your work, you've got all your marketing to do and all your back-end stuff. So mm-hmm. it is another thing that you that you have to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, having said that, it's a free platform to showcase yourself and connect. So I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good point. It's free. It's, it's free to connect with people too, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, Facebook making it to that wind is just. I feel like we're just going to take off in a minute. Yeah, it's pretty windy. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's a great platform to connect. Facebook making it harder by making your sponsor posts and yeah. all the rest, and you can't go onto your Facebook feed without Facebook saying, "Hey, do you want to boost this post? You could reach 4,000 people." I think that's the nature of having a free platform is they, they yeah. get you on the ads, that's mm. what you sign up for. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot of positive aspects and it's helped us build the podcast too. Like that's, yeah. that's our primary method for reaching out to artists and creatives and entrepreneurs. So yeah. it's been great for us. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand that negative side as well. So yeah. Do you have you had to put up with criticism online? Um, not so much online. I think working in the design field I'm sort of quite used to having um, I wouldn't say it's criticism, I'd say it's more critiquing, um, but we're often used to like throwing ideas at each other and you know you might be saying well, this is you know not working because of this and that and you sort of arrive at a solution that was better than what you started with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of yeah critiquing it's kind of you know water off a duck's back. Yeah it's part and parcel of being a creative isn't it? Yeah. Especially th- when you're working with clients too. Yeah for sure clients you have to just accept that you know not mm-hmm. everyone's going to like everything and yeah. Um, ultimately, when you're doing client work, you're working for the client, so you can sort of steer them in a direction that you think will work, but, um, you know, it's a collaborative thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think we can hear Dave Graham's angle grinder in yeah, the background. Yeah, yeah. He's hard at it. But yeah, it just reminded me of um, Tal Lemons. They've, so Tal and John T and a few other guys in Ocean Grove have got this little group, and they edit each other's photos, well not each other's photos, but they edit photos and then they send it to this little group and mm. as you say, they, it's not criticism, but they can... Critiquing. Yeah, critiquing. Yeah. And yep. it leads to world-class photos. Yeah. 
that they put on their Instagram and win international prizes with. So yep. very important part of the process to get feedback. Yeah, so. definitely. And often, you know, I'd be working on my screen and someone will come up and say something or, you know, someone else will be like, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, people look over your shoulder and sort of like what you're doing. That's usually a good indication that something's working. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, often now I'll ask people what they don't like about something because yeah. people can often be polite and say, oh, everything's great. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, what don't you like about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with family and friends, I've noticed. Um, uh, big shout out to mum and dad and family and friends and all the rest who love the podcast and given us great Marley. feedback. But Marley, you little niece. Marley, that she'd get a shout out today. So. And she saw us on Google one time and she said, like, what's all that about? And kind of have to explain. But yeah, you can get that sort of the nice feedback, but it's yeah. it really helps sometimes to get that constructive feedback as well. Definitely. So especially in the arts and creative world. Otherwise, you kind of, I guess, social media as well. Do you use that as feedback? Do you, like, do you see a popular post as a good piece of artwork, or you don't really look at it that way? Yeah, I definitely can use it to sort of get measured results. Like, if a particular piece is getting a lot of interaction, or um, yeah, it's sort of a good indication that people are connected to that piece. Um, but then again, Instagram's always got those analytics going, and you know, I've noticed if I don't pay attention to Instagram for a couple of weeks. I'm busy, you know, my engagement might go down. That's just, so yeah. I, I don't, um, yeah, pay too much attention, but it is another little avenue to, to see how things are going. Yeah. Yeah, social media is definitely big on regularity, consistent consistency, I find. So mm, otherwise, yeah. kind of, yeah, your, your numbers drop, as you say. Um, Britt, I know you have to get to a meeting pretty soon. It's been awesome to chat. Have you got a big piece of advice for budding artists out there that might be tuning in in terms of you know next steps or possibly coming out of university finishing their studies um, don't know if they want to go full-time yeah I think um, just don't be afraid to have a go and um, you know you're probably gonna make a bunch of mistakes and be prepared to lose some of your hard-earned money but if you're passionate about it and that's something that you want for your life just yeah give it a go you can fail at something that yep. you don't want to do, so you may as well yeah. try something that you do. Yeah, it's going down that path of no regrets, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So that's saying you'll regret the things you don't do in life more more than the things you do do. Is that the way it goes? Yeah. Yep. I never get it right when I say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds sounds logical. But yeah, Brett, it's been awesome to chat today. Thanks for being so open and transparent about your journey so far from South Australia and around the world and yep, thanks picking for up having four me. along the way. and being in back to Australia, so cool. where can we go to keep track of your story and your progress as an artist um, and your underwater photography? Yeah, soon to be. <laughs> um, you can tune into my socials, um, Art by Brittany March, and I've also got a, a web portfolio which is marchcreative.com.au. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, we're already following you, so can't wait to see what you produce in the between now and the end of the year and next year and beyond. So. Yep. Um, and I would like to offer a um, promotion for all the listeners, so um, you can punch in uh, Creative25 oh, cool. for 25% off everything online. All your prints? Yeah, prints. Very cool. Wow, Creative25, I'm looking at that great white on the wall and I reckon that'll get snapped up by someone. Yep. So. No, very cool. Thanks for chatting today, Britt. It's yeah, been thank awesome. Thank you. It's really nice to chat to you. Cool. Thanks cool. for having me. And where can our listeners go, Jess? Uh, you can follow um, the Surf Coast Creatives 
on Instagram at Surf Coast Creatives, all one word. And we're on, we have a website as well where you can find all the podcasts, all the blogs and the resources. So www.surfcoastcreatives.com. Well done, Jess, you got that right. Okay. <laughs> it's usually the www that you saw. It stops me up, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, head over there. All our, there'll be an accompanying blog article for today's podcast as well as Brit. So once again, Brit, thanks very much for your time. Any parting words? Uh, this is Just there. enjoy. Enjoy. And big shout out to Tal too. It's been um, itching to get you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Tal. Shout out to Tal. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much, Brit, and all the best for the remainder of 2020. Cool, thank you.